the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. The Bay Area has a rich diversity of churches and ministries that serve the community in Jesus' name. And here at KFAX, we love to shine a spotlight onto the great things God is doing through the kingdom work of pastors and ministry leaders. We feature a sermon or presentation from that leader to get you better acquainted with churches who will welcome you to worship, and ministry opportunities that invite your involvement. Hello and welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. Today we are very pleased to have Pastor Memphis Latchison III of Cummings Park Church in Menlo Park. Cummings Park Church strives to communicate the gospel to every individual through the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God with simplicity and understanding. Their vision is to develop godly, Christ-like leaders in the family, the church, and the community, ultimately preparing the way for Jesus' return. You can hear Pastor Memphis Latchison III's special broadcast every Sunday from 9 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Catch it here tonight. The program called So Loved on AM 1100 KFAX. Find out more about Cummings Park Church on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Cummings Park Church. And now, the Ministry of the Week Sunday message with Pastor Memphis Latchison. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 13. And let's read verse 34, 35 together in unison. And when you have that ready, say, I have it. Ready? Read. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. What I want to talk to you all about today is love and commitment. Love and commitment. And over the past several weeks, we've been tying together love with other subjects, like last week and a couple weeks before that, we talked about love and money and how money and what its relationship is with love. And the week before that, I think, or the time before that, we did love and fellowship. Before that, we did love and leadership. And so this week and Maybe for a couple more weeks, we'll do love and commitment. And as I began to just think about this verse right here, this verse where Jesus gives us his new commandment, that is to love one another as he has loved us, that we also love one another. I began to think about what is a very important piece of love. And as I began to just talk to the Lord about that this week, he began to talk to me about commitment. Somebody say that commitment. And this is a word that many people are afraid of. When you think about commitment, what comes to mind with that is sacrifice. Also, 
When you think about commitment, you think about having to work and do things that will cost you something. When you think about commitment, there's always some type of cost that's involved, right? And so the scariest question that many of us are asked <laughs> that we tend to just kind of avoid in just any type of part of life is, can you commit to this? I mean, you could go to go buy a car and you'll have to think about being committed to that payment. When you get involved in some type of relationship or sign a contract for something, the question is there, can you commit to this? And so when we think about commitment, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And when we define this word commitment, listen to this, this definition of commitment. It's the trait of sincere and steadfast fixity of purpose. The trait of sincere and steadfast fixity of purpose. So in other words, you're committed to something because you've given yourself to it. And also the root word of commitment is this word commit. And this, the definition of commit is to give entirely or give yourself entirely to a specific person activity or cause to give yourself entirely to a specific person activity or cause some other words that go along with commitment or to commit is to dedicate to dedicate to consecrate is another word to devote to devote to vow yourself to vow to confer a trust upon. So trust is involved with commitment. The act of binding yourself to a course of action. The act of binding yourself to, cor to a course of action. And so when you think about all these words, these are very serious words. Vow and devout, dedicate. Those can be scary words if you're not sure that you want to go through with this. And so you'll tend to, if someone asks you if you can commit to this, you'll tend to just kind of, you know, just not want to have anything to do with it. Just kind of be that person that's ducking, ducking from people and hiding from people because they may expect commitment from you. You know, oftentimes as as a pastor, you know, I see people that I haven't seen at church in a while and I'll say, where you at? Where you been at? Why you ain't been at church? And then they, you know, if they see me, they're ducking. And so they don't they don't want to have to answer or give an account for why they haven't been at church. You see, but we have to ask ourselves this question. We have to ask ourselves this question. What are you committed to? What are you committed to? As people of God, as followers of Jesus, as people that claim we love God, as people that want to know God and get up here and, you know, just testify that I hunger for God and I thirst for God. Well, what are you committed to? Are you committed to God today? Because one thing that I really realized over this past week and just studying love and studying commitment is that you cannot have 
love without commitment. There's just no way. There's no way you can love with a string attached type of love or a sensual type of love. But when we're talking about God's love and you're talking about true love, it can't happen without commitment. And so what are you committed today? I'll ask you that that question several times in this message today. But that's something you ought to think about, because here's the thing. Even though we might not be committed to the things we should be committed to, to God, to church, the way we should be, you are committed to something. You are committed to something. And we'll talk about specifically what that means to be committed to something. But you are committed to something. I was talking to a woman the other day and she was telling me how she doesn't go a week without watching Scandal. My goodness. Whenever that show is on, she is right there on time. She's never late. And she's right there watching that. It's a TV show for those that are looking at me kind of funny. Scandal is a TV show that is very popular, especially among women. <laughs> and what it is, it's about this lady who gets people out of trouble. If people that are in political office, if they have a scandal that they're in the midst of, she gets them off the hook and makes it seem as though the scandal was never there. And so there are a lot of people that watch this TV show very faithfully, and they're committed to it. And I've been there, too. I've had TV shows that I've been committed to. I used to watch this Superman show back in the day that I was there every every time it was on and I was committed to that show. And there are other things that people may be committed to, whether good or bad. We might have some things that are very good, like our children that we're committed to. Amen. We got a lot of mothers. We got a lot of fathers here. How many of you can say you're committed to your children? You're committed. That's a good thing. Amen. Good thing. You're committed to your children. You might be committed to your marriage. Right. You should be committed to your marriage if you're married. Some people on the opposite side of that, that might not be so good. They're committed to that drink. (laughs) Amen. They're committed to that cigarette. They're committed to that coffee. They're committed to that donut. Whatever it may be, they're committed. Amen. Some people might be committed to their job. Some people might be committed to their family. Some people might be committed to money. Some people might be committed to their car, making sure that car is looking good every every weekend. Amen. Some people might be committed to themselves. But we are committed. It doesn't matter what you're committed to. All of us have commitments to certain things. But what God talks about in his word is being committed to him. Amen. He says in very many places in the Bible, thou shalt have no other gods Before me, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. He says, be committed to loving me, be committed to serving me, be committed to loving your neighbor, be committed in this verse to loving one another as I have loved you. These are things that Jesus wants us to be committed to. And what we'll see in the Bible today is that when you become committed to God, somebody say committed. When you become committed to God, then 
what that means is that you will begin to adjust your whole life around him and not the other way around, adjusting the things of God around your whole life. So in other words, if somebody calls you up, one of your friends that has been a good friend for a long time and they say, hey, you know, on Sunday, this Sunday, I want you to come out with me to go to a certain place. You have to say, nope. Why? Because I'm committed to God and going to church on Sunday. You see? But when you're committed to something, when you're loyal to something, you are willing to change your plans to make the person or the thing that you're loyal or committed to happy. That's what you're willing to do. That's loyalty. That's commitment. You're willing to change your plans to make that thing or that person that you're committed to happy. Amen. And so for God, when you're committed to God and God says, hey, this is our time that we meet. This is our time when we spend time with each other. This is our prayer time in the morning. You're committed to that prayer time. Why? Because you're committed to God and you're not going to let anything get in the way of your commitment to God. Amen. And many of us have certain allegiances to certain things. Many of us have certain commitments to certain things, certain loyalties to certain things. You might be loyal to your church. You might be loyal to your school. You might be loyal or committed to your job. Some of us are loyal and committed to the Golden State Warriors. Some of us are loyal and committed to the 49ers or the Oakland Raiders. Whatever your loyalty or whatever your allegiance is to, what that means is that you're committed to it. Amen? That's what it means. It means, as the definition has said, you've given yourself entirely to that specific team. If anybody comes in wearing a Seattle Seahawks jersey, you look at them like they're crazy. (laughs) Why? Because you're committed to the 49ers, you see? And so... We are committed to certain things. But God says this. This is what God tells us to do is he tells us to give our highest allegiance, our highest commitment to who? To him. That's what he tells us to give our our highest allegiance. And so you don't give your highest allegiance to the color of your skin and to black power and to black pride. No. Why? Because God made you. You know, God made you like that. And, you know, before you're black, guess what? You're a child of God. You see what I'm saying? Before you're Asian, guess what? You're a child of God. Before you're white, you're a child of God. Amen? And the Bible says that God knew you before you were even born. Before he created you in your mother's womb. So, you know, before you were whatever color you were, he knew you before you were even that color. (laughs) And so you give your highest allegiance to God. And that's what he wants us to give our highest allegiance to. And so... You know, granted, you might be committed to the 49ers, you might be committed to the Warriors, and you might be committed to this or to that, but is God going to be the thing that you give your highest commitment to, your highest loyalty to? And so let's see what happens in the scriptures when we begin to give our commitment to God. Let's see that in the scriptures. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 37. See, because here's the thing. I mean, as much as I love Stephen Curry and as much as I love the Golden State Warriors and I'm committed to to watching them play basketball, watching them win the championship the next coming years, as much as I'm committed to that, if I was to get sick 
and be in the hospital, Stephen Curry would never ever come and visit me. <laughs> you understand? What's the quarterback for the 49ers? What's his name? There you go, Colin. Look at that. Look at that. If I asked y'all what's the guy in the Bible who sat at the brook and God took care of him at the brook, you probably wouldn't even know his name, would you? <laughs> wouldn't even know his name. But I say, what's the name of the 49ers quarterback? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Look at that. Wow, y'all are committed to the 49ers, I tell you. But you know what? If you got sick and you were in the hospital about to die, Colin Kaepernick wouldn't come visit you. But Jesus would. <laughs> Jesus would be there for you. You understand? So why do we give our highest allegiance? Why do we give our commitment to somebody who's not even really concerned about us at all? You know, they're making money and they're doing their thing. And thank God that they have a great talent to do what they've done. And it entertains us. Absolutely. It gives us some fun. But, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is our commitment to God. And that's what's going to save you. Colin Kaepernick didn't die for me. Stephen Curry, he's a great dad, great believer in Jesus, but he didn't die for me. You see? Look at what the Bible says, Psalms chapter 37, verse 5. Let's read this together in unison. Praise God. Ready? Read. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Wow. You see that there? So he says, commit your way unto the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. Man, that's intense. When you use that word commit, that means to give yourself to the Lord. Commit your way unto the Lord. It's an act of binding yourself to that course of action. Loyalty, allegiance. Commit your way to the Lord. And one thing that I don't want to say I can't stand, but <laughs> I'll say one of the things that kind of irritates me a little bit is when I see people half-hazardly doing stuff. They just halfway doing it. But when you're committed to doing something, you're not going to halfway do it. You're going to give yourself entirely to it. Amen? You're going to give yourself to this thing, and you're going to make sure that everybody knows that this is who you're committed to. And so likewise, in our relationships, when we love people and our marriages, when we're committed to people, don't halfway do it. As I heard a, a gospel rapper say, either do it or go home. Either do it all the way or don't do it at all. And this is what Jesus said in Revelations. He said, he said this, he said, some of us, in the last days will be lukewarm. He says, you're neither hot nor cold. But when you're lukewarm, he says, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Why? Because you're not committed either way. And many of us, when we were in the world, man, we were committed to the devil. Like, man, I'll tell you, boy, we'd be out there. The devil tell us to jump. We say, how high? You know, we were committed. I mean, we party all night till five o'clock in the morning and just do whatever the devil wants us to do. And then when we get saved, we only want to give ourselves halfway to God. <laughs> you used to give yourself fully to the devil. Well, give yourself fully to God. Be committed to him. And then look what the result is of this. He says, verse five, when you commit your way to the Lord and you trust also in him, he says the result of that will be and he shall bring it to pass. 
Bring what to pass? Bring whatever you believe in him for. Whatever that is, whatever that prayer is, whatever you're petitioning God for. He says he will bring it to pass. And many of us aren't seeing God bring it to pass in our life just simply because we're halfway committed to him. We're halfway doing it. Let's look at another scripture. Proverbs, turn to Proverbs chapter 16. So what are you committed to today? Think about it. Our employers expect us to be committed to them. They expect us to be on time. They expect us to work hard. Why? Because they're going to pay us. And we're hired to be committed to them. Proverbs 16, let's look at verse 3. Let's read this one together in unison. Ready, read. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Somebody said, well, you know, I have trouble with my thinking. I have trouble with my thoughts. Sometimes I just can't control my thoughts, and I'm just thinking all these crazy things. Well, have you committed your works unto him? Have you committed your ways unto him? Commit your ways, commit your works unto him. Let's look at another one here. Turn over with me to to John, John chapter 2. Jesus understood commitment. Jesus understood what it means to commit yourself. And in John chapter 2, we see something or characteristic here about Jesus that we should follow that will teach us something about commitment. And I think what happens is, is many of us are just committed to the wrong things. That, that's what happens. And the truth of the matter is, is that really our commitment should be towards God. But yet it's towards all these other things. And what we see when we have that type of mentality, when our commitment is towards other things and not God, what we see is that these other things that we are committed to, they fail us. We've given ourselves to this thing. We've given our lives to this thing. But yet at the end of the day, it didn't do anything for me. It failed me. And the thing that I was committing myself to it for, I didn't get back from it. You see? And so what we learn is that when we commit ourselves to human things or we commit ourselves to things that will fail, then we'll always be disappointed. We will. But when you commit yourself to God, then God will take care of it. He'll bring it to pass. And Jesus understood this. Let's look at John chapter 2 and let's look at verse 24. Let's read this. Very interesting here. Let's start at verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, talking about he, Jesus, when he, Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. And then look at verse 24. But Jesus did not do what? Commit himself unto them. Why? Because he knew all men and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. You see that? So men are going to fail you. And see, Jesus knew that. And that's why 
our commitment should not be towards men. Now, somebody said, well, in a relationship, when you get married, you say a vow to the person that you marry. And yeah, we have relationships where we're committed and certain things like that. But your first commitment is to God. You see, when you get married, you're making a commitment to God first. You see that you make a commitment to God first and then your commitment falls down to the person that you marry. But it's through God. Your commitment is through God to him first. And then it trickles down to that person that you're marrying. And so what happens is, is if that person fails you that you're married to, if that person upsets you. So if they fail you, you won't change. Why? Because my commitment's to God. You see, so likewise in our love to people that we're in relationships with or that we have family members and our loved ones, if they fail us, guess what? We're still committed because we're committed to God. You see, our commitment to God never changes. And that's what true love is. I was watching, I think it was Cinderella with my daughters. I was watching Disney Cinderella, the new movie that came out. It's not the cartoon, but it's the new movie one that came out. And we were sitting there watching those. And they began to talk about what love is. And Disney has this idea that love is something that the Bible says it's not. And that's where most of us get our idea about what love is, about what true love is. They market that love like nobody's business. And so when we watch TV, when we listen to other people talk, I mean, they have this Disney type of love that they think true love is. And it's false. I mean, you listen to some of the stuff. Some of it may make sense to people, but because I know the word and because I know the scriptures, I'm like, nah, that's not true about love. And I heard them say, well, you know, love is just free. You know, love is free. Love don't cost you a thing. And do you know that's the biggest lie ever? That love don't cost you a thing? Love is not free. The love that I give to you might be free, but it costs me something. You understand? It might cost me sacrifice. It might cost me commitment. It might cost me time. You see? But the person on the receiving end, it might be free to them, but it costs somebody something. Just like the love that, that Jesus gives us, the love that, that he sent his son, it cost him his life. But Disney and everybody else will have you to believe that love is free. Love is not free at all. It's definitely not cheap. <laughs> but love costs, and it takes work. That's why many of us in our relationships when you get in a relationship, you wonder, man, in order to keep this a successful relationship, man, this is work, man. I'm working hard in this relationship to keep this thing going. Why? Because love costs. It's not something that's free. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. First Peter chapter two. Let's take this a little further with Jesus. First Peter chapter two. And let's look at verse 23. So what are you committed to today? I mean, think about it. Ask yourself that question when you leave today. What am I committed to? You ought to go home today and just begin to write down everything that you're committed to. The good and the bad. Don't just write down the good, but write down the good and the bad. And then just begin to cross off all the bad. And say, you know what? I'm no longer going to be committed to that thing. I'm going to blot that out right now. I'm going to start making good decisions to no longer be committed to that thing. I'm going to be committed to God. Let's start at verse 21 just so we can see the context here. For even unto were you called, 
Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. So what's the example that he left us to follow in? Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but look at this, but committed himself unto him that judges righteously. And so when you commit yourself to God and not to men, now you can begin to love better. Does that make sense? Why? Because I don't care what they do to me. Guess what? I've committed myself to God who's righteous and he's not going to let me be taken advantage of. I've committed myself to God. I'm not committed to them. I'm committed to God. And so I can continue in my relationship with him and continue in my love walk with him. Why? Because my commitment's to God and not them. You see that? And that's why Jesus was able to do everything that he did. That's why Jesus was able to love us unconditionally. That's why Jesus was able to love us without any strings attached. That's why Jesus was able to love us when we pierced him in the side. We took that cat of nine tails and beat him up on his back and crowned him with the crown of thorns and nailed those nails into his hands and feet. That's why Jesus was able to still love us at the end of the day. Why? Because he wasn't committed to us. He was committed to God, his father, who judges righteously. Praise God. And then out of that, look what came out of it. Verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you're what? Healed. All because of Jesus's commitment to the father. So true love is born out of commitment to God. True love is born out of commitment to God. You ever want to find somebody that truly loves you? Check their commitment to God. How are they committed to God? Are they committed to God? Those that are single, that's looking for a husband or looking for a wife. The very first thing you want to look for in a spouse or potential mate is their commitment to God. Because if they can be committed to God, guess what? They're going to always be committed to you. Why? Because God will require it of them. You see? But then we start dating people that aren't committed to God, and then we wonder why they're not committed to us. Why? Because they don't have any value in commitment. They're afraid of commitment. They know that commitment costs them something, and they don't want to have to pay for it. But when you find someone that's committed to God, they will be committed to you because they're committed to God. Amen. Amen. Let's look at another scripture. Two more and we'll be done. Luke chapter 14. And let's look at verse 25. And as Christians, we have to understand this. We have to understand commitment. Don't be afraid of commitment. I'm not asking you not to count the cost, but count the cost. See if it's something that you can be committed to. See if it's something that you can be committed to. When God asks you to do something, count the cost of it. Do the calculation. Can I be committed to this? And sometimes you just can't be committed to it, but there lies your allegiance. Because there are some things you can be committed to. Amen? But we got to choose who we're going to be loyal to. We got to choose who our allegiance and where our allegiance lies. Luke chapter 14, 
And let's look at verse 25. Verse 25 says, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me. Now this word come can be also referenced as if any man commit to me. If any man commit to me. If any man come to me. If any man give himself to me. Look what Jesus says. And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. Yeah, his own life. Also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, that's a hard saying. Because <laughs> on the surface, it seems like Jesus saying, you know what? The only person you can love is me. You got to hate everybody else. <laughs> but that's not necessarily what he's saying. What he's saying is, is that. Your love for other people has to be like hate. He's not telling you to not love people, but in comparison to your love for him, your love has to be so much more greater than your love for other people. It has to be like hate. Does that make sense? Your love for your mother, your love for your father, your love for these earthly relationships that you have in comparison to your love for God. Your love for God has to be a million times greater that when people look at the distance of that love, it's almost like, man, they might as well just hate that person <laughs> because they love God so, so much greater. You see, and Jesus says, unless your love is that great for him, he's like, you can't be committed to me. You can't come to me. You can't be my disciple. And commitment, what it also has with it is consistency. Commitment implies that it's not just a one-time event. It's not just a one-time action. It's an action that's done over and over and over and over, and it's consistent and it's constant through the hard times, through the tough times, through the challenges. Guess what? Ten years down the line, you're still committed. You're still doing it. Amen? You're faithful, praise God. That's what commitment holds to it. And so Jesus says, this is how your loyalty and your commitment has to be towards me. It has to be like hate compared to your commitment and loyalty to everything else. And too many people have that switched backwards. Our commitments and our loyalties are greater to other things before they are to God, you see. And it goes back to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right? Seek ye first. Don't seek ye first your relationship with that individual. No, seek ye first your relationship with me. Why? Because when you seek first and you're committed first and your loyalty and allegiance is first to God, then God will cause every other relationship to harmonize. He really will. But that's the reason why so many people have so many problems in every other area of their life is because their priorities are out of line. Their commitment is out of line. But when you have your commitment to God, when you commit your ways unto him, the Bible says he will bring it to pass. He will make everything else right in your life. But that's why we got to focus on that first. Don't allow your commitments to be towards other things more than they are towards God. Let's continue to read. Verse 27. And then he gets into counting the cost. So, and whosoever does not bear his cross... 
See, you see what the cost is of that commitment to him? You got to bear your cross. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Many of us want to claim that we're Jesus's disciples. I'm a disciple of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But when it comes down to the true commitment of a disciple, nowhere to be found. Verse 28. For which of you intending to build a tower? Now, see, when you build something, guess what? It's going to take commitment to building that thing, right? When you build a relationship, when you build a marriage, when you build a family, when you build a church, if we want this church to grow, if we want people to, to come to this church and this church to be built strong, guess what? It's going to take some commitment. And he says, which of you intending to build a tower or intend to build whatever you want to build sitteth not down first and count the cost? How much is this going to cost me? How much of myself am I going to give towards the building of this tower? Whether he have enough to finish it. Less happily, after he had laid the foundation, he didn't start it on the building of it. And is not able to finish. He gets tired. He starts feeling like he can't complete it. And all that behold it began to mock him. Why? Because he started this thing in verse 30 saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. He committed himself to something and then six weeks into it, he didn't dropped out. <laughs> and then look at verse 31. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth ambassadors and desireth conditions of peace. So a king having 10,000 men to fight another king having 20,000 men, man, that king with 10,000, he better send that ambassador because he don't have enough to finish that fight. You see, he's counting the cost. Verse 33. So likewise, Whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not, look at this, all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Now, that doesn't mean, again, that you that you leave your wife and you leave your, your children and all that kind of stuff. Right. That's not what he's saying. But what he's saying, again, is your commitment to him has to be so much greater. I mean, can I just be honest with you? There are some times that I have to tell my wife and my children, you know what? God comes first in this area. God comes first in this area. I, I know it may look like I'm neglecting you guys, but I have to show my commitment to God right here in this area. You see why? Because my commitment to him has to be so much more greater. You see now, I don't ever neglect them. You don't ever want to neglect your family and your children or all those other things. By me leading by example, they'll begin to follow. You see, they'll begin to follow. Last scripture. Turn with me to John chapter 8, verse 31. John chapter 8, verse 31. We'll close here. Your commitment to God has to be greater than any other commitment. Now, I didn't say be committed to the church. And I didn't say be committed to the denomination. I didn't say be committed to the pastor. No, you commit yourself to God. 
And what that means is that whatever God tells you to do, you see, whatever the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart to do, you do it. And you be committed to listening and obeying him. And what we have to also recognize, too, is that God and his word are one and the same. So when we commit ourselves to God, we commit ourselves to this word and we commit ourselves to the teaching of the word and the implementation of the word in our daily lives. So if anything in our lives doesn't add up with the scriptures, then we need to make the necessary adjustments, right? We need to make the necessary adjustments because the word of God, when we're committed to it, it becomes the final authority in our lives. And so God speaks to us through his word. And when he speaks to us through his word, and I find in the scripture that I ought not to get drunk, I ought not to get intoxicated. Then I got to make the necessary adjustment in my life because I'm committed to God. You see that it's all because I'm committed to God. And see what's going to begin to happen is, is as you begin to be more and more committed to God, as Jesus said in the word, it's going to cause you to have to draw the line and separate yourself from certain things that you may have once been committed to. All because you have to begin to become more committed to God. John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus says this. He says, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. Now, there's a lot of people that believe on Jesus. But the question is this. Are they committed to Jesus? Many people that believe on Jesus. Oh, my goodness. You can listen to the. The Grammy Awards night, they talk about their belief in Jesus. Well, first of all, I just want to thank God because without God, this isn't even possible. And you hear the rappers that just put out violence and sex and abuse. They saying the same thing. I just want to thank God. Without God, it wasn't even possible for me to make this album that got this Grammy Award that talks about me talking about violence and sex and drugs and all that. It wasn't even possible without God for that to happen. (laughs) They believe in Jesus, absolutely. They believe in Jesus. They believe in God. Are they committed to him? You see, that's the difference. Are they committed to him? Because when you're committed, then your life begins to change. When you simply believe in him, your life is not going to change. The devils and demons believe in him, but their life, that doesn't cause their life to change. But when you're committed to him, Your life will change. Why? Because he says this in verse 31. Those that believed on him. Yeah, they believed on him. He says, if you continue in my word, though, you can believe on me, but you have to continue in my word. You see, that's the commitment. Are you committed to continuing in the word of God? Are you committed towards continuing in what you believe? Then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And look at this. The truth will make you free. My goodness. How many of y'all want freedom today in every area of your life? Some of us may be slaves to certain things. Some of us may be addicted to certain things. Some of us may feel like we're committed to certain things and not have a choice because we're slaves to that thing. But Jesus says this, when you're committed to me, I'll make you free. I'll make you free. When you continue in my word, 
You'll have freedom. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your great love towards us. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those that have heard the word today, those that have received the word. Lord, let us step up our game of commitment towards you. Lord, let us give ourselves fully towards you. Let us commit our lives towards you. Let us renew our commitments towards you, Father, today. Lord, let us understand the cost of what it takes to be committed towards you. Let us understand, Father, that we have to take up our cross, that we have to deny ourselves, that we have to follow you, that we have to die daily to ourselves, to our fleshly desires, Lord. Let us understand that commitment, Father, and let us implement that commitment in our lives. You have been listening to Pastor Memphis Latchison III of Cummings Park Church in Menlo Park on the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday message. Find out more about today's message on their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Cummings Park Church or at our website kfax.com where you can also find links to podcasts of this program. You can hear Pastor Memphis Latchison III's special broadcast every Sunday from 9 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. Catch it here tonight. The program called So Loved on AM 1100 KFAX. I'm Mike Matthews. Join us here again next week for the Ministry of the Week Sunday message on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.